It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, master plan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here listening to us. Today, we have an even more special than normal guest on the podcast, if that was possible. Pascal is usually listening to us rather than being on here. And a couple of weeks ago, he contacted me on Twitter to see if I'd like to interview him. So if you think you and your business would make a good episode, please do get in contact. You'll find all our contact details at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash contact. And a little tip for you, the two best routes to get hold of me are email or Twitter. I'm a little bit addicted to Twitter. Um, And then after you've got in contact, I'll get back to you with how we can go about making it happen. Anyway, back to Pascal. Pascal Culverhouse launched at The Electric Tobacconist in 2013. Now well into the second full year, Pascal and his team are on track for a seven-figure turnover in year two. The Electric Tobacconist is an online-only e-commerce business and the UK's number one e-tobacconist, selling a wide range of e-cigarettes and supplies. They are all about fast growth, in the first six months taking 800 orders and 10xing that for the second six months to take it to 8,000 orders in just six months. Hi Pascal, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are right now. So how did you get started in e-commerce? Hi Chloe, first of all thanks for having me on. It's good to have Um, you here. I was, uh, until two and a half years ago, well actually technically until about a year ago, just over, I was working in the family business. Uh, My father owns a company called Fantastic Fireworks, uh, which I started working for I think uh, in 2009 after wanting to escape the London rat race. I had a a sales job in London that required a a lot of phone calls and a lot of congestion in London. So I decided I wanted to get out and uh, work for the family business, knowing it would probably give me a route into what I wanted to eventually do, which was to run my own business. So my father gave me an area of his business to run, which was his retail side. And I uh, soon really took enjoyment in in playing around with his website. Uh, At the time, this is uh, 2009, 2010, his website was his Fantastic Fireworks Online was turning over about £15,000, which for a, an industry leader was a pretty terrible figure. So I couldn't really do much wrong. All I had to do was uh, show an interest. Uh, and that I did. I, um, I read a lot of books on selling online. And I went on a couple of courses, uh, one of which was a course on Google Analytics, which really set me on my way. I just found it so interesting. Uh, the the concept of numbers and conversions and and what everything meant and the other course I went on was one of yours Chloe which was how we met oh gosh yes it was (laughs) that was a while back I remember those three three years ago and I was working in a completely different industry and you may have seen me at the front scribbling down hundreds and hundreds of notes and just coming away I remember it pretty much I don't know I, I have a when it comes to e-commerce and anything to do with it I have an almost sponge-like memory so I can remember the course very well uh, and what I learned more about your course as opposed to the other sort of books I read on on e-commerce was more about the retailing side of e-commerce it's all very well having a, a website but is your website a shop uh, you need to think of it sort of more in an offline way like a Selfridges for example Selfridges offline 
there's always a reason to pop into that shop. There's always a there's always something going on. There's always a promotion. There's always a sale on. There's always a reason uh, for what they're doing. And what your course in particular taught me was that for every day of the week, there's something going on in the world that you can jump on and and offer people some some sort of reason to visit your your site. So you're almost treating it as an offline shop, an actual shop as opposed to a website. Yeah, because it's it's very easy with with an online shop you're sat in your office you're not you're never face to face with the customer you kind of forget that they're people you need to be talking to and you can attract in you you can get kind of stuck in this well it's there why isn't anyone buying for us it's a really really good good point to bring up it's uh, very very easily done having a website I'm still guilty of it we we go a couple of days where the website hasn't really changed and we think well, that, that's not good enough, really. And too many people leave their websites uh, and just and think that just by uploading products, people are going to keep coming back. And why would they? If if nothing's changed, there's nothing to go back for. Yeah, the homepage is a great opportunity to make things to to attract people in and to give them another reason to come in. And I think it's very easy to forget how many different angles an e-commerce business, even one like yours, which has only got essentially one product there's still many different angles there's different flavors different brands different looks i'm not an expert in e-cigarettes but there's there's so many different ways in and you have to keep putting those in front of people i think we've got three thousand products actually chloe but uh i know what you mean yeah. it's one it's an e-cigarette uh, but there are many different versions of it there's many things there's many deals you can do on the different brands there's many different inspirational ideas you can give people on your homepage, according to say the season or one we're working on at the moment is uh, festival season. So we'll be creating a festival pack, offering a discount on it with a code, uh, creating a nice splash across the front. And, and then, of course, next to it will be our deal of the day. And so this is all stuff going back to my uh, sort of introduction to how I got into all of this. Um, this is stuff I learned on your course that there is a difference between retailing and having a website. Um, but then going back to where I was with fireworks, um, I then started picking up lots of books on search engine optimization, and it's a very geeky term, and, and it's very intimidating. Even the name is intimidating, and I meet so many people who are afraid of it, and actually, I picked up this really easy book uh, called 50 Ways to Make Google Love Your Website, uh, and it's, it would be out of date now if you were to read it now, unless they've, I don't think there's a new version of it, but I read it, and it really broke everything down. Uh, it was all about an analogy of uh, a guy called Bob's Pet Fish. And uh, he, Bob, Bob wanted to make his website uh, at the top of Google. And it was all explained in the way that Bob wanted to get a website selling fish to the top of Google. And it was very, um, very user-friendly and very unintimidating. And it broke SEO down in a way that made me think, well, this is actually, A, very interesting. And B, I think I can probably do it. So I went away and, I, and as I said, I had nothing to lose with the Fantastic Fireworks website because it wasn't really turning over any money. And before I knew it, I'd managed to get it up to the top of the searches for some quite big search terms. I mean, in big search terms in fireworks are not big, big. So we're not talking massive numbers here. I didn't, I didn't change the world, but it did give me confidence that I could do SEO on my own almost. So I started doing that. And the other thing about fireworks, by the way, is that you can't advertise on Google AdWords. Um, so the SEO was king. It, a lot of people cut corners with, with, uh, Google ads, but like e-cigarettes, you can't, you can't use those with, uh, with fireworks. So, um, 
managed to get fantastic fireworks sort of turning over upwards of 50, 60,000 pounds in a year in the space of a couple of years. Um, and interestingly, last year, it went through the six-figure barrier, even though I was no longer there. So I feel like I'd set things up. And um, turnover on those websites has really gone past the tenfold mark. Pascal, um, can I yes. take you back a bit, a second? Um, so you were saying about how you learned how to do, do SEO, and it was a straightforward method that, that worked for you. What, what were the nuts and bolts of that? Because I think, I think what you're saying about SEO makes perfect sense in that at its core, SEO is very simple, but no one talks about it being so simple because it's, it seems too simple. Um, everyone talks about the ninja clever stuff you can do. So when you were doing your own SEO, what was that consisting of practically? Oh, this, is, this is still in the days when link building was... Uh, uh, nowhere near as ineffective as it is now. So there was, it was kind of twofold, really. Um, I managed to find lots of, I managed to just go through everyone else's links that they had to their website, uh, all our competitors, anyone related with fireworks, and either ask for links on, on trade websites because our, web, our, our company was quite well known. So people were sometimes happy to link to it. Uh, and I just, I was very, very thorough. I, every, I made sure every page had its correct title. Every image had the, the name of the product in the name and, and the out tags were all correctly configured. Sorry, even speaking like that can intimidate. I made sure every <laughs> image I put on the website had a correct name attached to it, not just a number. So a Google can't read your images. It, it wants to know what you're actually showing it. Every title is correct. Every meta description was written in a unique form. And, and it, often with SEO, it's just to do with being thorough, actually being bothered to write, to tell Google what every single page is about. So when Google reads it, it thinks, yeah, I understand what this page is. Right. Well, I can rank that for that because you're selling a big rocket. And I know this is about a big rocket, for example, with fireworks. Awesome. Um, thank, thank you. So it was all about the tags and the links. Tags, links, and then un um, unique, fresh content, constantly blogging, writing new content. Google, all Google wants is information. Yeah. It wants information. It wants to, um, what's the word, organize that information. That's all it wants. Cool. So everyone who's listening, obviously Pascal was doing this about five years ago. Um, link building, do not just have a go. You need to read up on that one before you dive into it because it's a world of potential unexpected pain if you go down the wrong route so don't go off and do that bit as an as straight after listening to this but getting your tags right on the website definitely go and do that because that's still hugely powerful and hugely useful exercise to do and unique content i don't think will ever go out of vogue so please take that message away as well so pasco you've taken us through quite a nice overview of how you got into e-commerce so how did you come up with the idea for um your current business right um we had a visit one day from one of our suppliers, one of our fireworks suppliers, who incidentally was the son of the person who first sold my father a firework, who essentially set my father up in business. So this is a, a strange twist of fate 25 years on. Uh, and Nigel, the guy, the son, um, came to us about a meeting. And in the meeting, he just said um, that he was thinking about bringing in some e-cigarettes because a lot of his fireworks, or all his fireworks, come from China. So uh, he had contacts over there, and he'd heard that e-cigarettes were going to be the next big thing. This was in, uh, when was this, 2000, and I've completely lost my years, Chloe. Oh, this is I had the same problem. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, they weren't quite where they are now, let's just say. Um, and he was planning to sell them online as well as in the shops. And uh, he was sort of quite upbeat about the idea. And I'd already heard about these things, these electronic cigarettes. But I didn't know a lot. So anyway, at the end of the meeting, I went downstairs back into my office. And I, I thought about this. I thought, well, Nigel actually doesn't know anything about selling online. He, he's connected with all the shops. So I wonder if I could buy some of these things off him and pretty much run his, the online side of his, his business or just buy some e-cigarettes off him and sell them on my own website, but kind of do it better than he would because that's not his strength. And trust me, Nigel is a very good businessman, but the, uh, the online side of his, his knowledge probably isn't as, as, uh, as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. Uh, so <laughs> And I looked at Google Trends, which is a great tool for just looking at new ideas. And it showed a graph that was horizontal. And then right at the end, in the last sort of six months, it just showed a vertical line just pointing at the sky. And this graph was just phenomenal. It just said these, these things have come from nowhere to phenomenal amount of popularity in the space of six months. And so I then used the Google keyword tool just to have a look at how many people were looking up e-cigarettes in the UK and it was approaching half a million which is a massive amount of people um, and you know if that's growing that the, the sky's the limit really so I got a post-it note and I wrote down the numbers and I wrote down how many people I thought I could get onto our site how many of those I could convert and what I felt I could turn over in a year based on a very rough conversion rate and it was all on a post-it note and at the bottom line it said a hundred thousand pounds uh, and I took it up to see my dad and I said, you know that conversation with Nigel just now? Why don't I build a new website based using the same back end as our fireworks website? Just build an overlay because we'd already been told this was possible with our web developers. So it wouldn't cost, it would cost half the amount the website cost, if that. Build an overlay. Uh, and these are the numbers I think we're looking at. And all I'd need is to buy some stock, which would cost me about four or five thousand pounds. What do you say? And he said, let's do it. <laughs> so it was a post-it note business plan literally a post-it note business plan i have it laminated and i'm very proud of it it's completely inaccurate um, <laughs> but it was kind of the right idea and it was based on some quite sound information given to me that's all available online for free uh and i yeah i still have the post-it note very pleased with it oh cool that's that's a definitely a story of being in the right place at the right time but also having spent many years learning the right skill set and building the right connections to be able to, 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 to hear me in the conversation, hear it and go for it. Um, that's, that's a, go for it. At, at that time, I remember the weekend before my friend still ribs me that we'd sat down trying to research online businesses to run ourselves. And we looked at things like ancient photography, uh, selling, you know, like those old street yeah. views of your old town. And we were looking up search numbers for those thinking, is that a viable business? So he always ribs me that he should technically own half of my company <laughs> with ideas just the weekend before. So I was, I was ripe, if you like. Yeah. It was, An opportunity, opportunity knocked. It was a nice meeting of the fates or, you know, whatever, yes. whichever way you want to look at it. So um, let's just quickly get everyone up to speed with where you're at at the moment. So you're based in the U centrally in the UK, aren't you? And which countries are you selling to? Uh, so we sell all around Europe, uh, the UK side of the business. And we've also just launched in the US. So we have an office in uh, Manhattan and that is equipped to sell around the US. And then we're just trying to research whether we're concentrating on the US. We're not allowing any other countries at the moment, but there will be some 
that we'll open that up to eventually when we've really got that up to speed. So the decision to focus on the US is we is it, is that based on there are only so many hours in the day and we need to get that one big before we go anywhere else? Well, we need to work on the uh, the logistics of getting stuff from A to B. I mean, our website really has gained grown in popularity almost virally through getting stuff from the customer to the from us to the customer as quickly as we can. That's that's what they're after. These are these are people who are. I hate to say it, but a lot of them are addicted to nicotine. They need this stuff really, really quickly. And a lot of them just want it really quickly. The way it's going, it's, they're excited about new flavors and they want to try them. And the quicker you can get it to them, the better. So in America, we don't want to start. There are also laws with certain countries that we need to get our heads around because they're not quite clear. They can be uh, you're allowed to import it, but you're not allowed to buy it online in another country. And there's no point spending time on that while we've really got to get the American website up to speed and, and, and deal with the American punters, which is what we're there for. So, yeah, we're just leaving that one to America. And in the UK, primarily sells the UK, but we do get a lot of European interest uh, maybe only five to ten percent of our orders go out to Europe. There. Cool. Um, I'm going to resist the urge to get heavily into the technicality of selling a restricted product in different places because it fascinates me. But I think I think we we should probably talk more about the more generalist side of the marketing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what's the, what's the platform you're on at the moment? Uh, we use a platform called VisualSoft. That was another meeting of uh, fate. I was on holiday uh, and I'd already planned to research the different platforms to sell on um, for the fireworks business. And we met a couple who seemed to be dressed very well and doing rather well for themselves, uh, tanned, you know, that type. And uh, chatting at dinner and I asked them what they did for a living. And they said they were a husband and wife team uh, who ran an online shoe store. And, uh, and I thought, okay. They look quite successful to me. I'm going to really get in with them. But they happen to be a very, very nice couple as well. So we, we got, and our kids were the same age, so we got really friendly with them. And uh, he got his iPad out one lunchtime and showed me the website, and I was just mesmerized by how good it was. Not just the front end, but he showed me kind of why it, why it worked. And VisualSoft is, a, is an e-commerce platform only, so it's, it's not just a sort of, you know, like on WordPress, you can build a WordPress site to showcase um i don't know your artwork but you might also build word, build a wordpress website to sell things well visualsoft is just an online cart it's it's an agency and a, and a web developer that just works with e-commerce companies trying to make sure that anyone comes on the website is as likely to convert as possible so i thought well they look good so i got in touch it wasn't cheap but it was it was worth the money so that's who we use cool and we're talking uh, just because cheap means a world of things for different people. We're talking a five-figure build, not a six-figure or a four-figure build. Uh, we're talking a five-figure build, and but then the, you can keep throwing money at it. So we've probably spent maybe, I mean, for the first year of Electric Tobacconist's existence, I think I ploughed every single penny of profit back into the website. Um, so I think we've probably spent 40 or 50 grand on it now. And that ploughing that money back in, that was adding more functionality and more, it wasn't just more graphics and making it prettier. It was about improving it and adding, adding stuff. Functionality. And also in February this year, we relaunched the whole platform, having watched what people were doing. And also two years, approaching two years on any website, I think really you need a lick of paint at the very least. 
uh, because of the way these things move on. Uh, we, we watched what people wanted, how they bought, and how we could make it easier for them. With e-cigarettes, there's a lot of education involved. People don't really know what they're doing. So in, you can suggest things and, and tell them that they are compatible and things like that. So we rebuilt, pretty much rebuilt the whole, the whole thing in February, and that didn't come cheap either. Um, so, uh, but it was all worth it. Because we we have a very big aim in mind, so the money spent now, I'm I'm not that interested in driving a fast car right now, Chloe, and I probably never will be. But you know what I mean. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm more interested in the bigger goal later, further down the line, than profit made now. Yeah, and, and it's when you're entering a new marketplace where the customers need educating, and where customer service is so important, where you know you've got three thousand SKUs, but essentially it's just one product. And and as you said earlier, you've got to treat it like a retail shop. You've got to give them a reason to come back. Then it should be the number one thing you're you're investing in to get it right, to it be improving it, and to take you know to to, to bite the bullet and to rebuild it at a fairly frequent rate. So, what have you got oh, any? Yeah, yeah. Have you got any key widgets or plugins that you're using at the moment? Yes. Um, so we use reviews.co.uk. Um, I'm a I'm a big advocate of customer service. Uh, one of your other guests mentioned his his favourite book in e-commerce was Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea of Zappos dot com. Uh, have you read that one, Chloe? It's on my list, but I have for my Next sins, is, I have not yet read it. It's be at the top of your list, Chloe. But okay. uh, it's all about how they built. They could have he those guys could have built anything online and sold it, but with their customer service. Uh, they just became so well known. So I've really taken a massive leaf out of that book. Um, and we, we put customer service first. We, we, we don't believe in wanting customers to contact us, really, if they do, if they call. Uh, it means there's a problem with the website, really. The website shouldn't be encouraging people to call you because it means there's information missing. But if they do and there's a problem... Um, we aim to fix it so quickly that they will be a customer for life. So we've got, um, I think we only started assembling reviews at the end of last year because you've got to get your service right before you sign up with Trustpilot or what's the other one, FIFO or something? Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. You've got reviews. You've got to get it right before you sign up because there's no hiding. If someone wants to give you a one-star review on these sites – it's a genuine one-star review and there's nothing you can do about it. So um, we've got, I think it's, we've had nine one-star reviews out of 50, approaching 1,500 or something, maybe 1,200 now. Um, and those nine have really upset me. We had a whole company meeting after one of them once. Um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I felt that something was broken. I think we had two in a row in the space of 10 days. And, and so I got everyone around and said that, we needed to look at our processes because this isn't good enough. And um, so, yeah, that's a big widget that really, in a way, it's just telling you whether you're operating correctly, those types of things. You shouldn't be afraid of them. You need to get your systems right and then sign up with them and go for it. Um, and then there's a lot of one percenters on the site, you know, stuff, the little one percenters that make the difference. So I could reel them off, um, but each one of them on their own wouldn't make much difference. Um, in the checkout, if you click click a certain button, you get one pound off, but it means you like us on Facebook. Um, we've got really good rollovers on our e-liquids. You, you get funny e-liquids that are strange names like Bowden's Mate by Five Pawns. 
if you hover your mouse over that, it will bring up the flavor profile, sort of break it down. It'll say chocolate and mint. So the reader doesn't have to click in and then read all about it. Um, and there's just loads of little things like that on the website that I'm constantly thinking about, going on other websites, getting inspiration from. I do a lot of shopping online in order to do that, really. Yeah, I think um, just, just to make it clear for the listeners, what we're meaning by a one percenter is something you improve on the website that improves sales by one percent. So on its own, it's not making a great lot of difference. But it's once you've put it in place once, it's slowly going to be building and building and building the performance. So now I, I like that as a philosophy. Look for those for those one percenters, put them in and find those mini widgets and plugins that you can be using. So you mentioned when we were talking about customer reviews, you brought the whole team together. So what... Is, are you mainly an in-house team and how many of you are there? We are. Um, so we've got, we've got six employees in the UK uh, and one in the US. Um, and then there's a lot of outsourcing as well. So we outsource SEO, um, but I, do the, I kind of do the on-site SEO and the off-site stuff um, is done by an agency who also run uh, our email marketing and our affiliate marketing. So I suppose it, it's in a way there's lots of people working for us, but only six in, in-house, if you like. Yeah. So you've outsourced the difficult part of SEO to people who are all over it and those totally different skill sets of email and affiliates as well, which, which makes perfect sense. But in a way, I'd like to eventually, I think they should all be brought in-house, but you really need to, I think outsourcing is a very good idea up to probably eight-figure turnover while you watch what they do, learn from them and then bring it in-house. But if you don't understand it, uh, it's, it, there's certain aspects of SEO that I do struggle to get my head around, things like Google Webmaster Tools. There's little bits in there that are just they're very, very sort of almost mathematic. Uh, and those types of things, it's useful to have an agency to go to every now and then and say, what the hell does this mean? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. So we've gone through your journey into e-commerce we talked about the establishment of the business and you know where you're at at the moment what do you think is the most awesome thing about the business right now cheesy but i think it's the staff that's not cheesy at all um we've got a really really good team who are all really i'm really pleased to say that they're really keyed into what we want to achieve um i want to be the the biggest online retailer of e-cigarettes in the world. And I, I drum this into them and I really get the feeling that they, they're on board with it. And everything we do is every time I say to them, even in the warehouse, if we're going to be the biggest online retailer of e-cigarettes in the world, is this, is that good enough? Is this good enough? Are we, and generally the answer is yes. And, and I'm really proud that the guys, uh, for example, I'm not at work now and I haven't even told them I'm not going into work yet. And I can guarantee you they'll all know exactly what they're doing, not because I've told them, but because they really want to achieve. And we've we've got an opportunity and we're doing well and they're all really keyed into what they're doing. Um, and the other side of that is I found them all on the free job site. I see this is a nice little tip. The um, indeed.co.uk. Do you know it? I love indeed.co.uk. Well, it saved me thousands of pounds in, in um, recruitment fees. So we even found our accountant on there. Um, really? Yeah. He sent me an email. He had never worked in uh, – he'd never run company accounts, but he'd been teaching accountancy at a college for 20 years. So he knew how to do it, but he'd never actually been given a chance. And it takes a company like us, sort of the young, nimble yeah. company, willing to give someone a chance that doesn't require 10 years minimum experience – 
Uh, I spoke to him and thought, this guy sounds very intelligent. I looked him up online and found that I played cricket against him when I was 18. <laughs> uh, and he scored 45 not out against me opening the bowling. When he opened the batting, I thought, yeah, that'll do. He's obviously, he's got a bit about him if he can smash a young uh, floppy-haired teenager around a cricket field. I, I just, on the cricket front, I just need to apologise to Austra- our Australian listeners for mentioning cricket at this time of year in 2015. Terribly sensitive. And I also need to apologise to the Americans listening who will not have a clue what we're talking about. Uh, don't worry, it's a, it's a bit like uh, baseball. He smashed me for lots of home runs. <laughs> awesome. I think that's a, that's a brilliant example of, uh, of something to be awesome in, in the business right now. And actually, listening, if, you listen, if anyone here has been listening to all the podcasts, often the most awesome thing someone's talking about is how much fun they have or how great the team is or the atmosphere in the business. I think that's, it's a really important soft side of business that it's criminal to, to neglect. So Pascal, what's on your radar right now? Um, so uh, we really need to get the US properly up and running. It's very, very new. Uh, we feel like we've got a, a game plan that has worked in the UK, which I won't go into, but really what we think is the ingredients of what's made us successful in the UK. We just need to replicate that in the US uh, and then get the two countries properly up and running. Um, we are also moving over to a whole new stock system. Uh, another little tip for anyone listening. We, because we've grown so quickly, we haven't really organised our warehouse properly. So the guys have been picking in the, historically picking according to what was ordered just it was that product in that nicotine level, I'll go and get it from the drawer. But we went from having three drawers to something like 400 or something in the space of 18 months. And as such, we've only just caught up with, with actually labeling the drawers according to a number and being able to find <laughs> where everything is. So until uh, a month ago, people were still picking according to what was ordered. And then, you, of course, you've got much more chance of errors. So always think big when you're starting out and you're organizing however you organize the product you're selling think about how big you're going to get or how big you want to get and and therefore is your warehouse properly organized because organizing it organically surely if i could do one thing differently it would be go back and reorganize all of that because it was a, a serious headache having to label every single drawer with a number and a letter uh, at this late stage and given your you know the product you sell is pretty small physically yeah it's quite easy for you to reorganize your warehouse compared to you know um one of the recent interviews that's out there at the moment is with um the guys from home leisure direct who sell pool tables now if you've got to reorganize a warehouse full of pool tables that's a lot more difficult than a warehouse full of e-cigs we actually Um, switched our warehouse um because we don't need a warehouse we need a large room Uh, and we switched it so that we could pick in one room pack in the other and I, i was dreading doing it uh, and we switched it and it took us, I think, an hour and a half. We all just stopped what we were doing. Everybody jumped on it and we moved the whole thing. Uh, because as you say, they're so small that you can actually just lift, you can lift everything up and just move it. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was good. Cool. And it, it keeps things moving fast because then in an hour and a half, you've got it resorted. All the orders still get to go out and you haven't had to do, you know, put one of those messages on the site that says we're, we're not taking, we're not delivering anything for two days because we're stock taking or something, which is a, you know, it's the sort of thing which in, in a marketplace that's as, as brand new and competitive as yours is, that could lose you customers for life. 
that that message should never, ever, ever go up on a website. Although I'm sure there will come a time when we have to do a whole stock take and maybe I'll eat my words. But whenever I see those messages, I just scratch my head and think, surely there was a way around that. Surely. I'd yeah. rather take through the night and have no sleep than put a sign up like that. That's very 1995. Yeah, it's, it's, I, last year, someone I was doing a bit of work with, um, they came back. We had our, our monthly meeting and I said to them, so how were sales last week? Oh, they weren't so good because we were on holiday. So well, why did that make any difference? Oh, we turned the website off. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. I was like, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> ever. I went on a website, a competitor's website last week and it said, we can take, we take orders 24 seven. And I just thought, why, why are you writing that? That, that shows a complete lack of understanding that you think that even needs saying on a website. Oh, but I think sometimes that, that depends on the cust- target customer because sometimes the customer just needs those small pieces of reassurance. So I think sometimes that could be necessary. Well, we, um, we joked in the office that perhaps it had recently been changed from they thought they had to t- stop taking orders at 5 p.m. So then when they realized the website was still on overnight, they just changed that text. <laughs> that, was, that was what we uh, came to the conclusion of. Uh, we're at, we're at risk now of becoming um, Britishly cynical, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move us swiftly into the top tips round before we we get too too British and cynical. Uh, so uh, everyone listening, it's now time for the top tips round. Um, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. All that's in the top tips are going to be included on today's episode show notes, which are going to be at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash electric, together with all those great little tips and widgets that Pascal's already been telling us about. So, Pascal, are you ready for the quick fire top tips? This is my favourite bit, Chloe. Oh, it's so, it's so cool having a listener on. Uh, <laughs> right, we're going to go through these quite quickly because we're, we're already quite a long way into the recording although it's been really it's a really good episode but um but if we can try and do these ones nice and swiftly that'd be great so first up pascal your book top tip if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take friday off and read a book to make their business better what book would you recommend okay well it it was going to be delivering happiness by tony shea but someone's already taken that but if you haven't read that you have to read it mine is one click jeff bezos and the rise of amazon.com by richard l brandt uh totally inspired by anything to do with Amazon. I'm an absolute Jeff Bezos fanatic, uh, not because I'm strange, but because he's clearly extremely successful. And if you can't gain inspiration from reading and learning about how Amazon did it, then you'll, you'll never really, you'll never get into e-commerce. I've been waiting for someone to recommend one of the Jeff Bezos books. So uh, that's... There's five books that have been written by Amazon. I have them all. One of which I got from Amazon on the marketplace and it had a a library stamp on it, which made me think that I think I'm one of the few people in the world. It was written in about 1999 or something. I love them. (laughs) Cool. So um, traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? The long tail. Uh We cannot rely on... uh, advertising we're not allowed to advertise anywhere we can't use google ads we can't use you can use display ads but a lot of them turn us away and we can't when we've tried them we can't get on the proper websites that will allow these ads so traffic tip social doesn't quite do it yet 
it, it's the long tail. We we show up in nearly, I think it's nearly 750,000 searches a month. That's not we get clicked on, but we're, we're in the game. We're in the game. Our website is huge. So we've got so many products and I, uh, I get up very early every day, 6 a.m., and I write copy every day and, I've, and I add pages, not, not bump, not rubbish. I write about the new products we've got coming on. I write unique content. I write troubleshooting. I, I blog. I, I, write, I improve the product information. And as such, and I write it for the customer knowing that Google's going to pick it up. And so we show up in a lot of searches, a hell of a lot of searches. And as a result, we get clicks off the back of it. So my tip is the long tail. And there's a book by Chris Anderson you can read. Which is a very good book. Um, I like that one, Chloe. You do or you don't? I didn't like it. I thought it was dull. I got the idea within a page. I had the same problem. I read chapter two through um, thinking I should. And then was like, I don't need another example. I get it. Awesome concept, but you don't need to read the whole book. I agree. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, yes. so the tra- traffic top tip, I think that, that's an awesome one. So it's about writing great content. How many hours do you spend a day then on the content? Well, I know that as soon as I get in the office, I'm going to get inundated with all sorts of stuff. You know what it's like? I've yeah. got to arrange a new bin man because the guy who comes to collect our rubbish has decided he doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, the, the, the office needs hoovering and I don't really want to ask anyone else to do it, so I'll do it. Things like that, I don't get caught up too much in those types of things anymore, but there's always something slightly odd, something random that will get thrown at you. So my day is 6 a.m. 6 to 8 a.m., and that way I get to have breakfast with the kids just after that and then go to work. So that's another awesome thing about the, the job I do. But I spend two hours in the morning copywriting. There's a great podcast series called HBR Ideas. It's from the Harvest Business Review. And I listened to one of theirs this week that was about, they were talking to a professor about the perfect day to make the most of your brain. I must, everyone listening, I will work out what the actual title of it is and give you a link to it. But they were saying that your brain is at its most um, thoughtful and strategic and focused at the beginning of the day. So you should avoid any kind of reactive activity at the beginning of the day, you know, so checking emails and all that kind of thing. And you should just focus on those proactive project-based things because that's the mode your brain is in when you wake up. So copywriting first thing in the morning is the best thing you could be doing with your brain at that time of day. And it's the best time to have a cup of tea, best time to get some peace and quiet. Exactly. So next Next top tip, because I said we were going to be quick through these and even I'm being slow. Uh, so the tool top tip, maybe this is a team collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a timesheeting tool, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little widget that you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Yes and no. I, we're not brilliant at these. Uh, we use Hootsuite, we use Dropbox, and we also use VoIP phones, so internet phones instead of BT landlines and what have you, and they cost us about £2 a month. So those are excellent. We also use Google Talk. So if I'm away, people can contact me from their desktop. That's really old technology. I mean, it's like MSN Messenger. In fact, it pretty much is MSN Messenger. But it's such a clever way for your phone to be connected to everybody uh, so you can get quick answers to questions. So um, I don't think we're necessarily a strong point there, Chloe, but those are my, those are my tips. No, nope, I like those. That's, that. It's good we haven't had Google Talk on yet either. So, And I, I personally use VoIP phones and 
all those kind of tools. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, next up, then the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Uh, learn about all aspects of websites. Don't rely on other people, other specialists to tell you. Um, I specialize in SEO, but in, in following on, I started learning about conversion rate optimization and analytics. None of it is that difficult. I, I wasn't an academic at school. I struggled really, but when I, I found this stuff interesting, which helps. And if you rely on a search engine optimizer to get traffic to your website and he's, he or she is telling you how they're going to get you traffic or how they're going to optimize your site, if you don't understand what they're talking about and a little bit of reading will enable you to help, then you, they can do all sorts of damage to your website and also just take your money for nothing. So, um, Really, start with the search engines and you'll find that once you understand that, it'll give you the confidence to understand the other aspects. And we're not talking, we're not talking an MBA here. This doesn't take more than a six weeks of you know, good reading. Uh, they say that my idol, Jeff Bezos, could talk about coding a website and then talk to somebody else within a second, just turn around and talk about a product range with someone else. He, he, knew every, he knows every facet of Amazon, how it's designed, why it's designed in that way, how it's coded, what the products are on it. So really, you've just got to read, read and read. Um, but really, you've got to know about those specialist areas. Excellent advice. Uh, one final top tips question. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? I, uh, as, a, as a reader or a listener, sorry, of this show, I've, I put this one to the office yesterday because I knew I was coming on the show. And we discussed it and Ollie uh, opposite me said Netflix. But uh, I said that's not fair because that's really just a, a film studio these days. Uh, the other one we thought of was ASOS because it's built, built, based in Hemel like we are. But uh, it's already established and it's already had two warehouse fires so really, you don't want to be relying on a warehouse, do you? Because those are where, although we do, um, those are where you can have issues because it costs money and they can burn down. Uh, so my answer, Chloe, is Moonpig, moonpig.com. Ah, cool. For, the, for our international listeners, moonpig.com is uh, customized greetings cards. So personalized <laughs> greeting cards. Well worth a look if you've not come across that before. Probably just got a couple of printing machines, massive margins, re loads of fun to run, loads of growth potential. And if I was owning it, I'd probably have lots of money and uh, that, I'm sure that could go to use. <laughs> awesome. Um, Pascal, what a fascinating chat. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today to discover how you're driving your online-only e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yes, our website in the UK is www.electrictobacconist.co.uk or in the US it's electrictobacconist.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at electrictobacco, uh, on Facebook forward slash electrictobacconist and uh, I could run through all the social medias but that, those are the most important ones. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Pascal. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash electric, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Pascal, thank you for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Pleasure. Excellent. Um, so if you think you and your business would make a good episode, please do get in contact. You'll find all the contact details at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash contact. The two best routes are email or Twitter. And um, I'm 
always looking for interesting e-commerce businesses to feature from anywhere in the globe. So please do get in contact if you think you'd make a good guest. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.